0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode number seven of the Reef Talk. So I know a lot of you have been asking me, when is the next podcast coming up? So luckily, we do have it here today uh, for you. So this is, again, going to be episode number seven. We're going to be diving a little bit deeper um, on a topic that a lot of people ask about. Not only new people, but even some, um, you know, medium experienced people ask about. um, And that's going to be dosing. So we'll be covering a little bit more uh, in depth as far as dosing. But before we de- do get into it, I want to thank each and every one of you who has actually taken the time to send us uh, you know, an email and kind of just give us some feedback. Um, there's also been some questions being asked uh, here on the episode. Uh, we take that constructive criticism very well. We actually really appreciate it because obviously the only way we're going to grow the only way we're going to continue to do what we do, even if it's something you're enjoying, you've got to let us know. Um, being a podcast, it's very uh, different to communicate uh, with listeners. Obviously, you know, there's not much comments, there's not much likes uh, typically they go on either like on Instagram, um, on YouTube. Uh, so kind of the only way either I know I'm, you know, going the right direction or I need to improve, it's going to be by you. Uh, sending over yeah, or heading over to our website, talkcom filling out um, an email in the contact us page, send it over and let me know what you think. Let me know if you're enjoying it. Uh, kind of let me know what your uh, future thoughts are on future episodes and uh, hopefully we can obviously cater it uh, to you, the listener. So of course we can be bringing you uh, out more great content. So uh, before we do proceed, I actually want to take some time and go over some of the uh, emails we've received uh, here in the past few weeks. So one of them comes from uh, Jonathan. So Jonathan sends us uh, an email and the subject is uh, battling corals. <clears throat> so Justin is asking, he's like, hey, bud, uh, great job so far. Had a question uh, while looking at some of these reefs like, roof, uh, like Drew's Lagoon. Uh, when they're growing so jam-packed, do they uh, trim all their corals? uh back or do they let them fight it out and that's a great question jonathan that's actually something that each and every one of us hobbyists is going to encounter at one phase or another uh, in the hobby so pretty much you know if you have corals in a reef tank you know you're going to stumble across uh, coral warfare whether it's chemical or just corals touching each other and i think one of the hardest things is figuring out especially when you got a new tank how to uh put your corals. So obviously that doesn't happen down the road. Cause like I said, you can try your best to uh, combat this with placement, but excuse me, but sooner or later, you're going to run into this issue. Um, and and kind of the way I look at, uh, this topic here, very briefly, um, you gotta be careful with where, uh, where you do place your coral. So let's say for instance, if you had a torch, right? You have to be aware that a torch is a type of coral, just like anemone, it has, uh, you can call them sweepers, stingers, tentacles that reach out. So it, you don't only have to account for the space your coral's in, but you also have to account how far this coral can reach. And you got to keep in mind, this coral is going to grow. So with that being said, you have to take all that into consideration and try your best to give it enough space, not only for the time being, but for the future. So kind of going back to the topic, how does Drew's Lagoon do it? Obviously, we don't have Drew uh, Drew here with us today this episode, Um, but in the brief times I've spoken with him, he is aware and he has researched what type of corals typically don't combat each other, and he tries his best to place them together um, so they don't have issues. Uh, So from the get-go, you can see he really tries to set himself up uh, for success uh, so he really doesn't have to worry about it down the road. You know, if you know you have a coral that has sweepers or you know, it gets bigger, it's going to send out stingers and so on and so forth. Uh, you got to be really careful what you do out of that coral. And obviously, ultimately, you are going to have to trim back coral. That's just the fact of the matter. So yeah, um, placement is key. Knowing what type of corals are compatible, uh, you know, giving and taking into account how they're going to grow, but at the same, uh, the same time, trimming them back. Uh, specifically with SPS, it's kind of hard to trim back zoas uh, once they grab onto rock, uh, you know, there's certain corals that are kind of difficult to uh, to really trim back. So just kind of do your best. You know, you're going to learn as you go. Uh, you know, just keep a close eye on them. Try and give them enough space, not only for the time being, but for the future. So, Jonathan, I really hope I was uh, able to answer that question. Hopefully I didn't go uh, too off topic there. <clears throat> but um, I want to, uh, let's see, I want to do... I want to do another question here that was asked. Um, So Tony, Tony writes to us, I'm not sure from where, but he's asking about a polyp lab booster. So he said, hi there, I watched your video on feeding corals and you mentioned the booster. So I purchased the item. I've tried it twice, but it seems it clouds my water somewhat and doesn't clear up uh, for a few days. Is this your experience as well? As you didn't mention so. And I have used one milliliter for uh, forty gallons, or for a forty-gallon breeder. Well, Tony, again, thank you very much for reaching out. And as far as the polyp booster, well, the polyp booster is something I I wouldn't want to overdose. Okay, I want to keep it, you know, kind of what's recommended. And you guys, you know, can correct me if I am wrong, but um, I don't have the the bottle in front of me. But the bottle I have on the glass little. Uh, little sucky dosing thing, it has lines written on the side of it. So from my understanding, uh, for my tank, I do 0.5 milliliter. So my tank is a 45 gallon. The fact that Tony, you did um, one milliliter, it's not crazy overdosing, um, but it seems like somehow the bacteria wasn't or somehow it reacted with the bacteria. In other words, I feel it was maybe a little bit too much. So what I would do next time, uh, start a little bit lower with it. Now, when you do, I mean, when you add any food, you know, I don't care if it's uh, frozen food, any type of food, amino acid, whatever, it's going to cloud the tank to a certain extent. Not, it's not going to get super cloudy, or cloudy and hazy, but you are going to notice the tank um, not be as clear. And that's perfectly normal, not only with polyp booster, um, uh, what's the uh, uh, refroid, um, as well as the the uh, the frozen food, uh, rods food. So it's perfectly normal for it to happen. Uh, the fact that you mentioned yours went on for a few days, uh, that that you know, it it kind of tells me there's something else uh, coming into play here. So what I would say is, um, yeah, you maybe maybe did overdose a little bit. I don't know if you're writing a skimmer because typically a skimmer should get this out within a few hours. Uh, so maybe check the skimmer. Um, you know, check the filtration, check the flow, check the return rate going back into the sump, uh, cause all this is a big player, um, in this. Obviously if your return rate isn't as good as it should be, or you don't have enough flow in the tank, of course, to leave all this food and excess nutrients stagnant in the water, which is thus not going to allow it to clear. Um, same as if you're not running carbon. So you guys can see this, this can go a lot deeper than just the surface of it, um, but Tony, I hope I didn't confuse you. I hope I uh, at least kind of answered uh, answered that question. So uh, that's going to be pretty much it, guys, uh, for the for the questions we get asked on email. I mean, t- believe me, we've got enough probably here to do a whole episode. Um, so yeah, write to us. We'd love to hear from you. And maybe you'll get featured on the next episode. We get to answer your question live uh, here on the podcast. So going back to... Uh, what the, what I want this podcast to be about, right? I don't want to go too um, off, topic, off topic with it. So I want to talk about dosing. You guys have no idea how many uh, emails, how many direct messages I get on Instagram, how many um, uh, messages I get on YouTube. But every, almost it almost seems like once a week I get asked dosing, 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 dosing. So I want to help you guys out. I want to get that out of the way. I want to be able to answer it, hopefully, to the best of my ability um, as far as dosing. So, in a nutshell, right, what is dosing? Well, as we know or may not know, in a reef tank, we have certain parameters that get depleted. They get depleted because the corals are pulling them from the water column and are using them to grow. It's really as simple as that. A coral needs certain Elements in the water to grow. So you can imagine eventually, if you don't replace some, it's going to deplete them, right? And if they get depleted, well, that's where the coral really starts running into problems, okay? Because it needs these fundamental building blocks, uh, just like us humans need. You know, there's certain vitamins, certain things we need in our diet uh, to survive, because without that, we probably wouldn't be alive. And it's the same thing with these corals. So very quickly, uh, what those elements are, and there's a lot more elements than what I'm going to talk about today. But today we're just talking about the basics. Um, it's going to be calcium, alkalinity, and magnesium. And again, there's more trace elements, but we're not going to get into those today. Um, these are by f- these three I'm talking about today are by far the most important ones that you need to keep track of um, to keep at least somewhat of a mild successful reef tank. So. There's, again, calcium, alkalinity, and magnesium. So your corals use all three of these elements to grow. Um, They use them to thrive, to have, you know, grow bigger branches or more polyps or whatever the case is. So they absolutely need them. So you can see where it becomes an issue. If you don't replace them, it'll become a problem because the coral will become stress. They'll eventually end up dying either through the stress or just not having enough of these elements in the water column. Um, But typically they give you a sign... Uh, And the sign is typically a stressed coral. So an unhappy coral, uh, for you guys that don't know exactly what that means, um, is kind of how you can tell. So you're probably asking yourself, so what are my ways to make sure that the coral, or not that the coral, that I'm replacing these elements in the water? Well, I can tell you guys right now, the easiest and probably most inexpensive way you can do this is very simply put, with water changes. Water changes are going to be probably the easiest, uh, either if you're mixing it or buying it from your local uh, fish store, it's going to be the best way you can replenish these elements as well as the trace elements that we're not going to cover today. We'll cover in a different uh, different podcast, but that's going to be the easiest way you replenish it. It's very simple. You just do a water change, uh, you know, 10, 15, 20%. <clears throat> and by you taking out the water, uh, you're not only taking out that, but also bad nutrients, just bad stuff in the water. So when you add the new water in there, it has the right, the exact right balance of calcium, alkalinity, and magnesium. And that's great. It's dandy. It works really good. The only time, a lot of you guys may be saying, so why don't people just do this forever? Well, there's a few reasons. One, some people don't have the luxury to be doing this. You know, there's people out there that have tanks that are 100, 200 gallons. You can imagine a 10% water change of, you know, two, three, 400-gallon tank is a lot not only is it a lot of water but a lot of money mixing the salt a lot of time lugging the jugs wherever the tank it's just a lot of work um so that's one reason another uh, variable in here is sometimes if you have a lot of high demand corals and when i say high demand i mean uh, high consumption of uh, calcium alkalinity magnesium a simple water change isn't going to work unless you're doing it every day to every other day. And you'll, you quickly see where that'll become a problem. It's very difficult for us in our lives uh, to be able to be catering, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes of our time, if not more to do a water change every other day. So there's certain times that this just doesn't become feasible. It's just kind of impossible to do. Um, And that's where supplemental dosing comes in, which we're going to cover here shortly. So Again, in a nutshell, by you doing water changes is by far the easiest way. Uh, But yeah, there is going to become a point where your corals either consume too much or just you simply get tired of it. You know, you just don't have that time. Um, Not to mention, by you doing this, you got to realize that the corals hate instability. So they hate calcium alkalinity. Okay, so before I get into that, calcium alkalinity all need to be at a certain level. And there's certain ranges they need to be at. So, for example, alkalinity needs to be anywhere from 7 to 12, generally speaking. And you don't want it fluctuating. Wherever it is going to be in that range, you want it to stay there as close as you can without fluctuating too much, if any at all. Calcium, about 400 to 450. I've actually ran it lower and never had issues, but generally 4 to 450. I've seen it around as high as 500 as well, but generally 4 to 450. Uh, magnesium, about 1,300. Um, I've seen it run as high as 1,400, just generally thirteen to 1,400 in that range. But again, the corals want the number to be stable. So you can see where this becomes an issue with doing water changes, because if you're doing a water change every other week or every week, what do you think is happening in between? That number that needs to be X, whatever that number is, As time goes on, it's slowly depleting. So guess what? You do the water change, that number pops back up again. And we start that cycle again. Then it slowly depletes, do a water change, pops back up again. Now, obviously, if it's not a big fluctuation, the corals shouldn't care too much. But you can see where we're kind of going against the grain with keeping stability in the tank, right? So if our goal is to keep stability, the last thing you want to do is allowing these numbers to be changing. So, the next, um, the next way to doing it, as I mentioned, is supplemental dosing. So, supplemental dosing is typically you manually, the human being, adding what we call two part. So, two part. There's there's so many different um, versions to supplement calcium, alkaline, and magnesium, magnesium. <clears throat> For you guys wondering what I use, uh, I use BRS. So Bulk Reef Supply sells calcium, alkalinity, magnesium, is sold in a powdered form, I mix RO water with it, and I'm able to make a gallon jug that lasts me about six months. So that's how I do it, right? Um, Red Sea also makes some that you don't, there's not Red, there's Red Sea, uh, ESV, and tons of other companies that make supplements that you don't need to be mixing. So you just buy this container, it comes ready to go, you just dose whatever it tells you, and you're good to go. Now, that's the other part of the equation. You guys may be asking, well, how much do you dose? We're actually going to make a whole episode on itself on how to start dosing and how to know how much to dose in a future episode, because um, that's kind of a whole nother uh, ballpark. But generally speaking, read your label, uh, read your label and whatever your label suggests, underdose it, underdose it by like 10, 15 percent just to be safe, um, you know, from the beginning, because again. Remember, we don't want to do drastic changes in these reef tanks. We want to keep them as stable as possible. So with that being said, once you've figured out what supplements you're going to use, um, you have two options. You can manually dose it, which means every day, every other day, every third day, depending on your consumption, you're going to add this liquid, whether it's calcium, alkalinity, or magnesium into the tank. And thus, you're going to replenish what your corals depleted. Simple as that. Um, Obviously, again, you're going to have to read your label. Uh, You're going to have to make sure how much you need to dose um, and, you know, make sure that's all fine and dandy. Um, So the, the, the next part to this, which is probably the part most people do, aside from manual dosing, you can do automatic dosing. So automatic dosing is literally you buy in a doser, you set the time, set how much you want it to dose, and it does it automatically. Simple as that. It's very simple. Um, the only thing with that is dosers. A lot of people just don't know how how much to dose. Um, not to mention they get a little bit expensive. Um, I personally have uh, been using a, the JBO doser, which is by far the most budget friendly um, doser out on the market. I think the four channel one I got um, was like sixty bucks. So that's very inexpensive. Once you start looking at a doser, you're going to see they run in the two to $300 range, if not more. Um, so the fact that j is able to release um, something that's very affordable made it very intriguing for me. And to be honest, guys, it's worked great. Um, so that's when I've used the Coralbox doser, which is a Wi-Fi doser. That's another great doser. If you got the money, I think it's like 200 bucks, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit less. Uh, but it's generally around 200 bucks you got the money, that's a great one. The thing I love about that one, it's Wi-Fi. So if you do need to make an adjustment, you just go on your phone, change it, increase it, whatever the case is. Or the J-Boy, I got to manually go <laughs> all the time and change it, <clears throat> excuse me, if there is um, a fluctuation in a parameter. Um, but yeah, guys, it, it's, it's really that simple. Um, you can, you know, replenish your stuff by water changes, or you can do it manually, or the ideal way um, is going to be uh, on a doser, but as we spoke in, uh, as we spoke about with the water changes, the manual dosing can kind of have the same effect as the water change one. Remember when we spoke about how what happens in the middle of when you're not doing the water change? The same thing can apply to dosing. So let's say you dose once a day, right? Um, you can imagine. So what happens the other twenty three hours? obviously the level is going to deplete a little bit. It's obviously not as much as in a water change, um, but it is going to deplete a little bit. And then when you add the dose again, it's going to slightly pop up again. So a lot of people don't like this. A lot of people look for the ultimate stability. So there's a, almost every doser out there. You can program it to dose every hour, every half an hour, um, every third hour, every fourth hour. So you can have it dosing multiple times a day. Because ultimately, ultimately, the way you're going to achieve stability, um, in my opinion, is doing it this way. Um, you know, just allowing the coral and dosing these elements. You know, in in kind of the either four times during the day or you know twenty four times during a day if you're doing it every twenty four hours. Uh, but ultimately, that's how you're going to achieve the stability. So I'm not trying to say you can't do it, you know, just dosing one once a day. I'd much rather see you guys uh, dosing at least one time, one time a day uh, than the water change method. The water change method does work very great. I'm not trying to scare you guys away from that one. Um, as long as you're keeping soft corals, easy corals, you'll be fine with that. I wouldn't worry about it. Uh, but as soon as you start getting more complicated corals, that consume a little bit more calcium, alkalinity, magnesium. You're going to want to go uh, the dosing route. Now, of course, you can do manual. But ultimately, the auto-doser is going to be your best, best route. So I've been doing automatic dosing in my tank for about a year and a half. And I mean, you guys have seen my tank. It's, I'm very happy with it. This, uh, this year, I'm actually jumping into a calcium reactor, which is... I don't want to scare you guys away from the topic, um, but that's just a whole nother level of dosing. Very quickly, in a nutshell, the way that works, it doses every second... For the whole 24 hours, uh, so pretty much 24/7, it's dosing every single second, every single second. So you can imagine the level of stability that brings. That's probably the closest way you can replicate life in the ocean. That's probably one of the closest. Um, so fluctuations are very minimal to none, unless your calcium reactor runs out. Um, but that's that's the next journey I'm going to. But again, I don't want to. Uh, overcomplicate this uh, for all you guys listening. So, again, to recap: corals consume elements in the water—calcium, molybdenum, magnesium. We need to replenish them. How can we do it? One option is water change. Either if we do them every week to every other week, the only problem with that is what's happening in the middle, because again, you're gonna, you the levels are gonna be dropping, then spiking when you do it, then dropping, spiking when you do the water change, then so on and so forth. Our next option is manually adding these elements through uh, manual dosing every day, every other day, depending on your consumption. And again, that's fine and dandy. But again, what happens in the middle, right? Lastly, the one I'm probably going to recommend is going to be the auto dosing. So the auto dosing, you literally put a container, you put the liquid, you set the timer, tell it when to dose, tell how much to dose, you're done. Simple as that. Um, Now, a few guys may be asking now, do you still need to be testing? My answer is this. Anytime you're adding an any element to your reef tank, you have to be dosing. If not, it's like walking blind, okay, or like driving blind. Um, you have to be knowing exactly how much of what is going into your tank. So if you're going to start dosing, I would not recommend you to do it without a tester. And so for you guys wondering what tester, Hanna Checker Alkalinity, Hanna Checker Calcium, And uh, salifert magnesium or red sea magnesium, if you want. Those are both good. Um, But salifert's a little bit easier for magnesium. Um, But yeah, and generally speaking, magnesium is one that isn't typically dosed in reef tanks. And a lot of you guys have probably caught on to that. You're probably saying, why? Because magnesium is is an element that's depleted. It literally takes about a month to deplete. Uh, obviously, there are certain scenarios. Sometimes they'll deplete sooner or sometimes later. But generally speaking, it's the last element that takes a while to deplete. The average reefer out there does a water change at least once a month, you know, just to show the tank some love, just to, you know, flush out the sand bed, the sump, whatever the case is. So whenever you do do that water change once, even if it's once a month, you're at least able to keep up with the magnesium that way. Um, so generally, generally... The only thing you're going to be dosing in your reef temp is calcium and and alkalinity. Those are the two that are depleted on a daily basis. I mean, hourly, you know, in my tank. I think in my tank, I'm dosing, let me see. I'm at 30 milliliters for alkalinity and 30 milliliters for uh, calcium. So it's a lot. It's a little 40-gallon tank, um, and that's a lot of consumption. But then again, I have a lot of corals. I have a lot of um, high demand corals. So, um, that's obviously why I have to dose so much in such a small tank. Um, but like I said, yeah, anytime you're going to be dosing something, guys, if you are going to start dosing, um, you want to be doing water tests. Cause the last thing I want to do is you drive your tank into the ground by overdosing. You never know, tank crashes done. There goes a thousand bucks. And, uh, you're probably going to say this hobby sucks, right? <laughs> so yeah, if you guys are going to start it, do that. And again, I'm going to have a future episode teaching you guys how to know how much, wait, does that even make sense? How to know how much to start. Yeah, it does. Okay. How to know how much to start dosing in the reef tank. Cause I know a lot of you guys saying, okay, I want to start dosing. I'm going to buy the auto doser, but now what do I do? You're probably saying, how in the heck do I program it? Well, I'm going to have a future episode on that. I'm going to tell you not how to program it, but teach you how much and how to figure out how much your tank is consuming. So you can make it easy. Uh, it's gonna be very simple. We're gonna break it down, Barney style, and we're just gonna kind of take it from there. So, I really hope you guys um, enjoyed this episode number seven on how to start dosing, because uh, I know a lot of you want to start doing that. You want to have the ultimate tank, and the kind of the one of the main ways to achieve it is with the ultimate stability. So, hopefully, this was an insight. Hopefully it opened up your thoughts and showed you a different Avenue to the beautiful reefing hobby that we all love. So we're going to wrap it up here again. Thank you very much for you guys. that stayed to the very last, um, of this episode. I really love you diehards. And I know there's a ton of you out there. You know how many messages I didn't even get to read all the messages I get, but so many people saying I was on my way to the airport. I was traveling like, dude, I'm always listening to this podcast and guys, I really love it. This is why I released it. I just wanted to bring you guys a different avenue where you can listen to something you love and enjoy. So that's going to be it. Again, your host, Antonio, with The Reef Talk. Thank you guys very much for joining in. As always, guys, thanks for listening. Happy reefing.